Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. You can start right where you stand and apply the habit of going the extra mile by rendering more service and better service than you are now being paid for. And this is by the famous Napoleon Hill. And if you haven't read his book, you better do that this weekend. <laughs> so hi, welcome to episode 64 of The Profitable Photographer. As usual, I'm Lucy Dumas. And before I introduce today's guest, I want to invite you to join my new mastermind group called Your best year yet. I'm enrolling now. I just opened the doors and um, I have 18 spots available as of this recording and it will be up and running uh, early fall. And because I'm capping it at 20 members, um, you can feel free to go to lucydumascoaching.com slash mastermind and read all about it. Click on the link to have a little chat with me to see if there's space available and if it might be just the perfect thing for you to really hit the ground running uh, for the rest of 2020 and into 21. So I am delighted to introduce you to an amazing human photographer and teacher. He's somebody that I've known of and his name is always like Brian Walsh, Brian Walsh, Brian Walsh. And finally, I got to have quality time and connect with him a lot at the PPA convention this, what was it? <laughs> About a thousand years ago, Brian? <laughs> yeah, just in January. Just in January 2020. So Brian Walsh is an award-winning PPA master photographer, is a craftsman, CPP, API, FP-OR, comma, HFP-org. <laughs> so he's had lots of awards and degrees and uh, too long to list right now or we'd have to say goodbye. <laughs> But Brian's clients and peers recognize him for his creative style and his journalistic photography. He's a second generation photographer, which is super cool. He teaches a lot, including uh, PPA National Convention and countless other events. He has had articles and images in Studio Photography and the Professional Photographers of America magazine, as well as photographs in Nikon's national advertising. He is so passionate about service to the photography industry, and he spends countless hours supporting local and state PPA affiliates. So, whoo, Brian, got to take a breath. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. <laughs> so excited to have you. So can you, I, I know you mentioned you're a second generation photographer, so how you got started, there's probably some, you know, obvious answers to that. But in a nutshell, can you tell me a little about your early years or how you decided this was your passion beyond that it was a family biz? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was 10 when my dad started the photography business. And early on, I thought he was the um, creative, he was the artist. And I saw my role more um, as a marketer. And I actually went to work for a bunch of different companies um, in both Portland and Seattle. And I came back to the family business again as a marketer. But it wasn't until a convention where Dennis Reggie kind of gave me the inspiration to um, find my own work. And I started photographing and you could say the rest is history. Um, I had all that 
that teaching behind me and you know great mentors and uh it kind of took off from there so it was a it was a journey but uh ppa and photography has been a part of of the majority of my life mm -hmm. so now you're also the creative force yes yes yeah so i get to uh, kind of blend both passions i love the marketing i love the business side of photography as much as i love the creative side and and that's something i always try and think about is doing the business side creatively uh, it doesn't have to be boring marketing can be fun marketing and um, the whole process can be just as exciting as learning lighting what <laughs> I know it's it's a revolutionary concept, huh? I, I had that revelation one time um, because I often, even though I'm going to be doing a marketing mastermind and I have lots of great ideas and I, I love um, the synergy in conversation with people about new marketing ideas that show up, but my sort of inner reaction to just the word marketing has sort of been, ugh. Most people that I know, they feel that more about sales. And for me, it's like sales. Yay. I love that. Um, and then I had this like revelation. Oh, I do a lot of marketing that doesn't feel like marketing because it's fun. So absolutely. Yeah. So I do like marketing. I just don't notice that I'm doing it when it's coming from a place where not just fun, but I know I'm I'm supporting other people. So yeah. So just in case people have been thinking marketing has to be drudgery, um, you have it on good authority with Brian. <laughs> that that it can be fun so how do people find fun ways to market yeah that's a that's a great question i mean i think first it's a it's a mindset even overcoming the hurdle that we just kind of unpack i like to think of marketing almost like a treasure map and so we um you know pirates of the caribbean and all these different things you know we we celebrate like oh i'm gonna find that that treasure at the end of the rainbow well that's what marketing is it's ah. a it's a game it's a journey and it's something that you get to experiment with right you can make some mistakes, but it's this constant learning and saying, how do I connect with the right people and bring them joy? The better marketing you are, the better you can connect with the right people. And it makes the whole process more fun. I love it. And yeah, what I've learned as I've been coaching over these last, um, I think it's now six years, you know, it's, it's been growing, but the last four have been, you know, lots and lots of opportunities to chat with people. And I realize, like with my sales system, there's a kind of a step-by-step -step program. It is also creative, but at the same time, it's, it's easy to teach somebody how you structure a telephone call. So they're super excited excited and they want to at least meet with you. And then what do you do to consultation and how do you photograph and how do you, you know, step-by-step step in the sales room. But marketing is more like a dance, more mm -hmm. like, I love what you said, exploration. And some things work, some things don't, some things work now. I was uh, refining somebody's, do you know what a Bernie style ad is? Have you come across? No, I haven't heard that. So um, there are some people, Bernie Griffith has been on my my show, so you want, might want to listen to that. And also Andrew, who has the Photo Biz X, and they're in Australia. So Bernie is a coach that has refined the art of putting an, a boosted ad on Facebook where you're looking for five people or five pets or five something. And the reason is you need this and here's what they get for it. And um, if it's done right, it can be really successful. And, but there's all these little things that you can do that make it a total dud. <laughs> so I love working with people on those, those kinds of little details that 
that makes something happen. So that's the game. You bring up something interesting. Um, there's this idea of having a plan. And some people feel like, well, that'll become too contrived. And they don't like scripts. And Phil M. Jones, an author that I really like, he talks about it. And he says, you know, when you watch a movie, Denzel Washington is reading a script, but he does it so well, it's believable. And so you have to practice and get into character. And um, there's so many people that, that kind of talk about the fact that a script actually gives you freedom because then you can relax and actually have a conversation. So I think having those things in place are super important. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that I had these solid scripts until I, until I started trying to teach what it is I do. And it's like, oh yeah, I say this every time. Um, I've mentioned that Charles Lewis, I listened to his telephone tape in my Volkswagen in the, I guess it would be the late eighties, every time I got in that car. And so several of his catchphrases have brought in, you know, millions of dollars over the last 35 years if you total it all up because of one or two phrases that that help people understand what i'm up to and and pre-qualify them so yeah yeah it dates both of us because i also <laughs> have those um cassette tapes by uh charles lewis too and have listened to him yes well and i have to say um i have admitted this that i did a big no-no that i would never do again and charles knows it <laughs> that a friend and i bought them and split it and he he made copies for me but i've tried to make up for it over the decades <laughs> <laughs> so copying's a no-no and uh <laughs> But um, yeah, well, funny. How long have you been around then? Yeah, so it's it's 42 years now um, that I've been involved yeah. with it because of my dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dean Collins was my very first seminar that I got to go to. And oh, wow. I've seen Charles Lewis numerous times and Frank Creekio and uh, Dennis Reggie. And I mean, it's so much fun to have that, that historical history of some of the greats in our industry as mm -hmm. part of my foundation. Me too. I would so love to be able to interview Dean if, if I could, you know, reel him down from the ceiling. <laughs> right. His energy. He was in San Diego. Absolutely. And yeah. so I spent a week uh, in his studio with the West Coast School program. And a uh, funny story before I met him, I used to see bumper stickers all over downtown that said, meter maids eat their young. And when uh, I went to my first class, I discovered those were made by Dean. Oh, interesting. Because he was right in the heart of downtown San Diego and there was no parking. And the meter maids, like if you were 30 seconds past your two hours, you got a ticket. And so we had those printed up and put them on stop signs and everywhere so yeah yeah it's interesting there's obviously somebody you've had on your show tony corbell but there's so many people that studied with dean um still you know teaching and i i think it's great because his his influence is still present today yeah and for people that are like well i want i want some dean in my life his his videos are still available i don't mm -hmm. i don't remember what the company name is but uh, you can just probably Google Dean Collins lighting videos and find them. So who, thanks for that. Marketing can be fun. That is Absolutely. An important lesson number one for today. So I know that one of the things that you are super passionate about 
is service and every level. And I don't know if we've had somebody, um, well, I think Jeff Dachowski talked about service to the industry, but I'd love to talk to you more about that, um, starting with the mentality of service with our clients. So what do you have yeah. to share about that? Yeah, I mean, we could spend hours talking on this because it's something I think that is so important, um, especially more, maybe more than ever when you know everything feels like it's about us. Um, I love to not only serve my clients, but serve my fellow photographers, um, serve my community. It's it's just a way, I think, giving back. And I know you love quotes and there's the, the Zig Ziglar quote, you can get everything you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And so I just try and be service and others focused. And um, of course, you get blessed along the way. That's not the goal. But it is just one of those things that um, it was modeled for me early by my parents. And it's mm. something that I feel then um, I get to. It's an extension of, of their legacy as well. And other service-minded people, I have a feeling there was somebody that modeled it for them in their life. So it's this fun way of of carrying on um, um, some a, a teaching or a practice that that we learned early on, and it's it's the most fulfilling way to do business. Yeah, when I think about all the people that have uh, offered their education in this industry, you know, my thirty eight and counting years, uh, and people are not paid well in a lot of circumstances for giving their workshops. They're doing it from the heart. Sure, some people might have products to sell, but I, I can't imagine that the reward, the financial reward for spending a week with a group of photographers teaching your heart out is financially rewarded as much as it is rewarded in, in that act of, of serving and giving and teaching. And, and how I know for me, when I serve, I grow. Absolutely. And I know when I started... Uh, judging at print competition, we had, we had a, always had a, would you call it like an aspiring judge mm -hmm. sit in as an alternate. And so, you know, before I was really fully qualified to judge, I would sit in that hot seat and my work got better and better because when you're sitting there trying to evaluate other people's work and come up with reasons why they're strong or what they might've done to improve it, it grows your brain <laughs> so that when you're looking at your own scene and trying to design it, those, those skills that that visual awareness um, just shows up for, for us. Yeah. I kind of have this phrase that I, I like to kind of use as an analogy is it's hotter, the closer you get to the sun. So if you want to learn something, if you want to get better at competition, be around competition, you know, volunteer to be on your, um, affiliates, uh, competition team, learn, talk to judges, uh, enter competition, your everyday work will get, like you mentioned, so much better because you're involved in all aspects of it. So it's hotter, the closer you get to the sun. Ooh, I like that. And my last episode was a solo one. And part of it was talking about entering competitions and, uh, the degree programs and the and the benefit of all that I didn't I didn't mention that so thanks for filling in that extra piece. Um, so how does serving clients? I, I want to focus on that for a minute. Um, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, aren't we in it for the money? 
Right. She said, I, mean, I, I think she said with a giggle, go ahead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think as you frame it up, right, it's really important not to lose focus, like why we get started. So it, it a lot of it starts with our, our big why, you know, why we do what we do, um, you know, and there's lots of different ways to think about it. So, I mean, one, one way that's close to home for me is, unfortunately, my parents are no longer um, with me, mm. but I have a beautiful wall portrait of them when they were, you know, still in their prime and knowing that that's going to be one of my most cherished possessions. Those are the kind of things that I also have the gift that I can help my clients have. They don't even know sometimes uh, how important it's going to be until it is the last thing they have to remember a family member. And that's, you know, a little bit more on the dramatic side, but even their business, I do a lot of business portraits. And my whole goal is if we do this well, if we collaborate well, your business is going to thrive, which is going to make our community stronger. If we all thrive, and so that's where it, the the more service I can be and rise the tide for everybody, either their business or the love of their family, that's like an awesome place to be. Yeah, I totally love that, that it doesn't just have to be about I'm creating wall portraits that are family legacies, which, you know, I fully, you know, I'm all, mm -hmm. all in with that. I found a tintype, Brian. Oh, wow. From would have been what, 1880s? Is that, I'm thinking that's about when tintypes happened um, at the bottom of a box of photographs. And my sister doesn't look like anyone in the family, but she looks almost exactly like this woman from 1880. Wow. So that is something I love that we'll never know the value of what we do. But I love that even in, in uh, the business aspect, knowing that we're serving clients, which help them uh, achieve their goals, which help them thrive in business, which helps other businesses, which helps the community. And, you know, like you said, all the boats lift when anyone does well. So I love that. Yeah, I like to think of it also, you know, people will say, well, photography, like the business to business is so expensive. But if we collaborate and do our part, hopefully that company then thrives. And we actually aren't expensive. We're just a piece that can allow them to grow. Mm -hmm. And so when you reframe it from that standpoint, it's not an expense, but it is something that is part of their also their success. Um, it's a partnership. And so I, I get excited about those kind of things. Yeah, me too. Uh, same with, you know, why we invest in a, in a good web designer, branding specialist, people that are, have that X factor to them, that it's an investment. When I did my branding, um, redid my website many years ago, where I got it, was communicating clearly who I am and what the expectations are. Instantly, I booked way more. Like by the time someone called me, this was back when yellow pages and advertising uh, actually worked. But by the time they called me, because they'd looked at my website, 90% were already sold on what I do. And it was, I know because it, it captured a lot, but also the, the whole look of it was professional. So hiring us as professionals to do those executive portraits. Um, yeah, I think people... People who might be thinking they're doing it because they're good, because there's good money in it. I'm thinking you would agree that uh, there's so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I recently somebody in a Facebook um, group was saying I was hoping to do that because then she would buy more. I don't remember the whole thread. And my comment was, 
the first hope I would recommend is that you hope that she purchases more because it will enhance her life. And then that money is the side benefit. Yes. Yep. So, I, so, I like how you frame that. So how do you kind of switch to, I need money <laughs> to, mm -hmm. I need to be the giver here and trust that the money, uh, you know, it doesn't just fall in our lap, but, but get our eyes off the money, not be so hungry for profits, but like, how does somebody make a switch? Do you think? Right. Um, it's a, it's a deep, very deep question. And, and I think it goes back to, um, you know, just my, my beliefs on, and my faith of how, um, blessings work. And it's mm. one of those things I've just seen faithfulness year after year after year, even when things feel bleak in our industry, um, we rebound and, um, it always comes from a place of giving. It always comes from a place. If you want love, be love. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, it's foundational for me. And so anytime I start to get in my own way, I, I recenter, I go back to these principles of, you know, help someone else. And then when you need help, there'll be somebody there to help you. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's how I, I've, I've just learned this. Again, it's foundational. It was modeled for me. It's, um, it's something I believe so deeply in that there are times where if I looked at how much I serve, it's not logical. It doesn't make sense, but, right. but I get blessed so much more than I deserve. Um, and, and it's just one of those things tap into this idea that again, if you want help, be of service, help mm -hmm. others. And there's going to be somebody that comes alongside you when you need it at the right time. I've just seen it play out, you know, year after year, month, decade, whatever time frame. It's just a true principle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, I don't know if you've listened to enough of my podcasts to get that I can be a little bit on the woo-woo side. Um, <laughs> and I really believe in our vibration and how uh, we can be really dense or when when we're like light and vibrating and energetic and magnetic, um, like good things are attracted to us. And the times I've been the most broke is when I've been the most worried about money and the most kind of caved into my fear world, my fear world, if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and been like, oh my gosh, I need to get money. I need to get money. The money's not attracted to that. Um, and when I've done like, um, I did a calendar a couple of years in a row for San Diego County adoption. And that's a, another story we can have uh, when we're able to meet in person again mm -hmm. yeah. about the magical way that that all unfolded. But I worked um, each year, like about a month's worth of work as a volunteer and it, it just was so energizing and exciting. And it was, you know, had no anticipation of any reward other than the doing of it. And then at the end of the second year, about two weeks after I was done, I got a call from Phil Mickelson's wife's assistant uh, wanting to book me for a session. And for eight years, I was their family photographer a couple of times a year. I would do birthdays and family sessions for cards and they probably own, I don't know, 60 wall portraits of mine. Um, I was never able to like use it out in publication, which was just fine with me, but holy cow, you know, that indirect reward uh, mm -hmm. from whoever arranges that, I don't know who it is, what it is, <laughs> but I was more than compensated by that one 
amazing phone call, but I don't know if I would have gotten it if I hadn't been in that, in that mode of, of giving. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we can't always um, attach a direct result, you know, one-to-one for things. Um, Sometimes it's years down the road where somebody will say, you know, we could never have afforded you early on, but we can now. I've seen your work for years. Um, I know your name in the community and I see that you give and you're the logical choice for us because Mm -hmm. we're service-minded also. So that's something my clients, I believe, um, love my photography but they love my service more. Mm-hmm. There's there's so many good photographers out there. If you're just competing on photography skills, one-to-one, that one's a hard one to win. I think it's really hard to, in my community, probably beat me servicely, you know, as a service-minded person where people go, okay, we love his photography. We love that he serves on, you know, community, um, you know, uh, organizations, um, arts and culture council, the comprehensive plan, the community plan. I'm involved in all of these things. So I'm, I'm there at the table with other service minded people. Those are who my clients are. I do agree that probably nobody in your community and right up there in our photography community gives as much as you. And I'm not surprised that all that goodness also comes, comes back. So, so where would you start if you were someone that it's like, you know, I like this idea, but mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know even how or where or what. Yeah, I'll just kind of unpack my journey a little bit. I mean, not only because of my father and, and, and mom being involved in our affiliate um, photography, but in my community, um, you know, partnering with my Chamber of Commerce, being involved in the Hillsborough Leadership Program, being on the chair, being the chair of the Hillsborough Leadership Program led me to the Arts and Culture Council, which I was the chair of. That led to being on the comprehensive plan and the city plan. And so it's one of those things that one step led to another that led to another when I was in the right place at the right time. So it was baby steps all along the way. But then that that put me in position to be in 2017, Hillsborough, which is our city, volunteer of the year, Mm. which is one of those things then, you know, the city promoted my volunteerism, I couldn't pay for that kind of advertising, right? So my city recognized me, but it was just, I took one step and somebody recommended me for the next step and somebody recommended me for the next step. Mm. And I just faithfully served all along the way. Wow. Yeah. I I found that when I got on the board in my local uh, PPA chapter in San Diego, things started opening up for me and I started getting skills that I didn't have from from showing up and watching how uh, meetings are run. And, you know, as I went through the ranks and I served as a party chairman, basically, mm-hmm. and then um, print, of course, print competition chair, and then first VP where I could find whatever speakers I wanted that I wanted to learn from. And then as president, and I found that also my reputation to be able to say, you're the vice president of PPSDC or the president or the executive chair, whatever that last one Mm -hmm. is before they boot you off. (laughs) That, that, that was uh, an area that I could see the direct correlation. And I see it over and over again in our local chapter that as people start giving in that way, um, their businesses start thriving. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love that. Something else. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's a concept called social credibility. Mm. And so when somebody wants to um, 
take a chance on you, they're going to look for your social credibility and they're going to look for your um, service to others. And so they'll ask, you know, what are your qualifications? And if you can say, well, I was the president of my local photography association, that gives them a lot more confidence than I've never served before. Right. right. Yeah. I, um, my virtual assistant was putting together, um, uh, what's it called? Like a lead magnet or something. Um, I have a little, a little, uh, seven step guide to attracting clients. Uh, on my website. And she did this bar that had all these logos on it. And I was like, why are those there? <laughs> mm -hmm. And she said, when I Googled you, uh, you showed up in all those places. Like you showed up having served or done something or been involved. Oh, <laughs> so you don't even know you're getting street cred. For me, one of the, one of the marketing tools that um, I love doing is donating gift certificates to uh, nonprofit organizations, which is how um, my name showed up in a lot of different places. Because sometimes if I'm going to do a buy it now program with them, I will volunteer to do candidates as well. Um, so I love the idea of finding ways to market while giving. Is that yep. something you've done? I know right now we're not, uh, you know, they're not having big galas, but um, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's it's a fabulous way to it's it's a partnership, right? How can how can my company or my network help you? Um, and so when you partner with nonprofits or with other charitable organizations, again, people who are part of that, if you find the the right group, it's there's a synergy behind it that you can't manufacture just by sending out random Facebook ads. So I think right. it's a way to target and find your ideal client. Um, also, I partner with the chamber and do some in-kind donations. And kind of like what you were saying, that puts my logo right next to companies like Nike or, you know, Standard Insurance. That's the level my community sees me giving back, just like these, you know, billion-dollar companies. And it's one of those things that, again, you can't buy that kind of advertising. You can serve, and um, your community will reward you because of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I did, um, I don't know if you know, Brian, I did weddings for 12 years before I became the, basically the baby whisperer, <laughs> before people knew that fine portraits of babies were going to be a thing. I was here in my little world doing wall portraits of kids. But before that, anyway, uh, before that, I did weddings for 12 years. And I didn't realize that that I was the queen of networking. I just, it was just my nature and it still is that if I love something somebody's doing or a product or something, I want to tell the world. And so when I had a lead with a bride, whether I was booked or not, I asked if uh, she needed or was still looking for anything else, cakes or flowers or any of that. And whatever she was looking for, I would give her some names of people that I'd worked with that I thought did a fabulous job. And then eventually I kind of created this networking group of people who referred me all the time and I referred them back. And when I showed up for a wedding, this was the side benefit, bonafide, that's a good mm. word. A side benefit is um, that it, I knew that I was going to have uh, easy time at a wedding if I had my DJ and I knew the flowers were going to be there on time and the videographer wasn't going to get in my way and the food was going to be delicious and, you know, make the clients happy. So mm -hmm. 
so then I formalized it uh, to where I started looking for other people whose work I liked and I would add them to my my referral list um, and pay attention to if they thanked me, if they sent anything back, if they responded at all. And sometimes I didn't care because I just thought the the bride would uh, appreciate working with them. But it was this sort of accidental acts of service <laughs> that that um, helped me be one of the top wedding photographers in San Diego really quickly. Right. So yeah, it, there's so many layers and levels to absolutely giving. And, you and, know, I think most people compete try try and just compete on being the best photographer. While I think increasing your skills is always extremely important, but you can have you know, exponential growth by being the best of service to your community and, and the people that you're trying to uh, do a good job for. So mm -hmm. it sounds like you tapped into that really early. Yes. And even um, like when I do a bridal show or when I'm coaching my clients to do an event in their niche, one of the main things I did was to set up early and meet the other vendors and build relationships. Um, that That's another one of the things on your zone of genius we considered getting into conversation with about today. I think we have kind of on side, little sideline, but um, uh, if I walked away with two or three great weddings, but I re-energized um, re relationships with vendors and I met some new vendors and got them to come to my booth and hang out for a while, that to me was worth doing the show whether I booked a single bride or not. Because then I started referring and got work from them. And um, yeah, and even as someone would leave my booth, I'd say, hey, if you were looking for a cake baker, uh, Flower Power, F-L-O-U-R, <laughs> is around the corner. Be sure to taste the, you know, rum raisin or whatever mm -hmm. it was and tell them I said hi. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't coming from that... Um, I'm going to refer people so that they make my business better. Right. But yep, but, it's putting good things out there and good things come back. Yeah, I like it. Good things go out, good things come back. So we have got some other fun topics. Storytelling. Is that, would you want to segue into the importance yes. of storytelling? Absolutely. Okay. So, so I think everyone's fully convinced by this time. Get out there and give. Okay, so here's a key change. That's a musical thing. Uh, <laughs> storytelling. Uh, so I'm like, is she a nut? Um, so tell me about storytelling. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's fun because one of PPA's basically taglines for the longest time was that we're the world's greatest storytellers and. Somewhere along the way, I realized that, you know, stories are what connect us. We can talk about features and benefits and all of those things, but a deep story that connects personally is so much more powerful. So I like to not only photograph, you know, somebody, what they do, but I like to photograph what they do and why they do it. I like to showcase not only a couple, but why a couple loves each other. And so I try and go deeper in my photography and storytelling is really at the heart of it. Um, there's a lot, a couple good books out there. One is Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Mm -hmm. And in that, it talks about how when we're 
in telling this story, we make our, our client the hero and we are the trusted guide. And then there's another book, um, Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. And she does a great job of talking about not only the stories we should tell, but why we tell them. And so I'm just really in, immersed in storytelling. And you, you can think back on when somebody um, tells you a good story, you remember it. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily remember all the facts, but you remember how the story made you feel. And so that's where the power is. So can you give an example? Yeah. So uh, recently there was um, a call with Gregory Daniel in one of our um, affiliate groups. And he was telling a story about, you know, when his daughters went to school and how they were looking for a new church and why that new church was important to him and how they made their decision. He did all of that as a story. And then that was the teaching for how we should think about our affiliates. And so he didn't just, again, talk about the importance of something. He illustrated it through a story and it was more meaningful that way. Mm. So do you have a story that you uh, kind of default with executive portraits? Um, that's a great question. Um, being on the spot right now, I, yeah, I do actually. So I one time had uh, a client, you know, call me up and, and we started talking about the process and it was actually, it, it's kind of fun because this kind of is illustrated in two different ways but one was um they were talking about pricing and and i was in their minds more expensive than anyone else i was able to tell a story about how i come to them and um, how important that is so that their attorneys aren't out of the office and that story led then into a finding out they actually serve in the community on some of the same things i do so by by telling one story, it opened up a conversation to lead to another story mm -hmm. that led to a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. So a story is a conversation as well. I like that. So one of the ones, depending on how the conversation is going, when I'm wanting uh, potential clients to understand the value of what I do, I don't say, hey, I'm worth it, <laughs> or I do this or that. But I share about a family that had just had their home redecorated to look like a beautiful home in Hawaii with the indoor-outdoor uh, glass doors so that they can open everything up and beautiful koa wood floors and uh, tropical colors but kind of muted and that it was uh, recently featured in San Diego Home and Garden Magazine and that we designed the session so that the location had tropical plants in the background, their clothing went with the colors of their fabrics, and that as it's displayed in a koa wood frame over the couch in the living room, it's a perfect piece of art that fits right in. So in that story, I've painted that picture, I've put them in the house, I've interjected a little I photograph people whose homes get in Home and Garden magazine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then that finishing the using the Koa wood. Um, so that's, that's one of my kind of go to uh, initial stories that that say this is a special experience without saying it. Absolutely. But, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Another one is about there was a blended family. And this is if People are not understanding the value of having portraits in your home. 
you know, oh, I don't want to be bragging and, you know, I don't want it too big because people think we're conceited. Then I tell this story about how both from the session and the wall portraits that the son of a blended family where the son didn't live at home with his dad never felt a part of uh, his stepsisters' lives. Stepsisters have sisters. And that the mother told me um, later that having these portraits in her home changed everything for him because mm-hmm. when he, when it's his week or his weekend with dad, the portrait's right there. It's the first thing he sees and he realizes I am a part of this family. Nice. So it, is that what you're talking about with stories? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it is one of those things where you can just talk about, um, you know, the process and tell a story about the importance of this, that, or the other thing. We don't always know how it's going to touch somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you wouldn't have been able to to see that story unfold in advance, but um, it is something then that you can share to someone else. And it's just that we are really blessed to have this gift of being able to tell people's story and then the stories of the impact from you know the work that we do. It's it's a pretty cool thing. It is. Sometimes I ask people to tell me a story about a photograph that's important in their life. And that's a great idea. Yeah. And that gets them, um, you know, I might, uh, they're at my residential studio. I might show them the photograph of me at five running through the crowd with the bride and groom in the background at the fanciest wedding that my, my preacher dad ever officiated and how uh, that day put me on the path of being totally addicted to weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I will say, you know, tell me, you know, are there some photographs or is there an important photograph in your life uh, that has an impact? You know, especially if people are like balking, like well, mm-hmm. we don't really put them out or, you know, it's like, well, tell me, tell me about your history and, and a photograph. So anyway, I never thought of that specifically before that I do that, but <laughs> Yeah, right. Thanks. Sometimes a good conversation leads to things that we, we do well and we didn't even know it. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess we're about out of, almost out of time. Um, I'm going to ask you how to get in touch with you. And then I have one more question for you. So if people want to hire you to speak or um, ask you questions, see your work, any of that, uh, how would you like them to? get in touch with you. Yeah, one of the best ways um, is to go to my website. So mitportraits.com, do forward slash insider. And you can fill out a short little thing, basically say that you heard me here on uh, Lucy's podcast and um, answer a few questions and then you can leave a comment. And um, then there's also an education tab that I have on my website and you can reach me there. And then like me on Facebook, um, you know, send me a, a friend request and message me. It's one, one place that's nice is uh, Facebook Messenger to get a hold of me as well. And it's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Welsh, W-E-L-S-H. Brian with a, a Y is a family name for me. Nice. Uh, so nice that you spell it right. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Um, okay, so last question. So if there's something that you want to be sure that you share with people that maybe, you know, if we hung up right now, you'd be like, oh, I really wish I could have uh, shared that bit with, with mm-hmm. Lucy's listeners. What would that be? 
Yeah, great question. You know, the first thing that popped into my mind when you said that is um, realized how much of a um, blessing we can be to people and realize how blessed we are. Um, our industry isn't the easiest job in the world. Our industry isn't the most lucrative, but those are only certain measures. Um, we get to bless on others. I believe the blessings will come back and be of service and, um, you know, reach out if you, if you need assistance and help. I mean, that's one of the great things about PPA, join your local affiliate. Um, they are there to help you and together we'll, um, keep this industry strong. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so thank you, Brian. And thanks for, um, inspiring me in, where were we? Nashville. In Nashville. To uh, reach out to start speaking again. I had forgotten uh, a few things about, about that level of giving where you, where you take the time and especially when we can again fly somewhere and be a speaker. And you reminded me of how fun that was when I was working hard to get my master and craftsman degree. And uh, just for everything you do for this industry. Um, my pleasure. Yeah. So, and thank you, thank you, thank you for being on my show. Yeah, yeah, love it. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, you're welcome. More to come. So I'm really excited that I got to have this conversation with Brian. And um, before I do the wrap up, I want to, again, invite you to go to Lucy Dumas Coaching slash Mastermind and schedule a quick conversation to find out if the Mastermind group that I'm starting would be the perfect way to have an amazing rest of 2020 and 2021. And this group is like, there's a lot of programs that call themselves a mastermind group um, that are really informational, but they're not kind of the classic style of mastermind. A classic mastermind has opportunities where a member is in the hot seat proposes an idea or an issue and then there's like a popcorn of brainstorming from the other group members to give suggestions and ideas of how to make that happen and what's awesome in a mastermind group is not only does the person in the hot seat get a lot of great ideas but the process of giving ideas i've often come up with things for other people that would be perfect for me. And um, so there's going to be some ideas from me. So some teaching, some Q&A, and then there's time for people to be in the hot seat and really be in a community that can support us. Because right now, so many challenges, um, you know, we're reinventing what marketing looks like for photographers. So I, there's never been a better time than now to be part of, of a amazing, brilliant community of like-minded people that support each other. So um, I, I'd love to talk with you, no pressure, but um, just to let you know and see if it's right for you. So uh, the awesome Brian Welsh talked a lot about the value of giving. He started uh, on staff in his father's business. And then he was inspired by photographers who gave to him through education, the idea that he could be the photographer and be creative. First thing we talked about was 
the thought that marketing can be fun and that it's like a treasure map. It's a journey. It's a game. Uh, it's a, like a safe cracking of how can I connect with the right people? So we talked about the importance of our big why, why we do what we do. And Brian has a natural gift of helping others in his chamber, in his community, and also the work that he does with his clients. He, he sticks with that important understanding of how what he does helps people remember people they love and it helps businesses thrive. There was also the term social credibility. So when we're giving, not to necessarily specifically get, but we have a giving nature, and then we've served on teams and committees and boards and different things. That gives us social credibility. We talked about partnering with nonprofits as a way of marketing to our ideal clients and also being able to contribute to those organizations. And then we touched on the idea of storytelling and how when we tell a deep story that connects personally, it's much more powerful than uh, explaining our technique or the camera we use or uh, trying to come up with the right words to say why we're awesome. And uh, he mentioned building a story brand by Donald Miller and another book called Stories That Stick. Uh, so I really love this conversation and Brian is um, just, he's one of my new favorite people. I know I know I say that I really dig everybody that's been on my show and I do. I just, there's something about Brian that um, his level of generosity, it just radiates from him. And I'm so grateful I got to spend this time with him and I look forward to a time when we can be in person again, because I know it will come and look forward to time when I can meet with you in person. So um, stay in touch, uh, log on to my website, like me on Facebook, all that good stuff. All right. Uh, bye for now. You have been listening to the Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.